2: Presents Hollywood.
3: The Lux Radio Theater brings you William Powell, Myrna Loy, and Don Amici in Manhattan Melodrama. Ladies and gentlemen, your
2: producer, Mr. Cecil B. DeMille. Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. Backstage in the Lux Radio Theater, this is an exciting moment. Curtain time on the first night of our seventh consecutive season. We're on the brink of new adventure. Adventure with the brightest stars of Hollywood and Broadway. Adventure with the outstanding stage and screenplays of the year. And in tonight's adventure, three of your favorite stars, William Powell, Myrna Loy, and Donna Michi, begin the season with Manhattan melodrama. From the flicker of gaslight to the blaze of neon, first nights have always thrilled me, as the scene in front of this theater thrilled me tonight. But all the splendor and spectacle of this great Hollywood premiere are yours, without having to brave a single traffic jam. This theater was designed for you, and we appreciate the approval you've stamped on that design by your loyalty to the products behind it—Lux toilet soap and Lux flakes. For the seventh year, we're going to keep Lux a symbol of the highest quality in entertainment, just as it stands for the highest quality in both of our products. And we don't need a horoscope to predict an auspicious beginning for this new season. The stars look very favorable. In fact, Myrna Loy is smiling. But Manhattan melodrama has added a few gray hairs to my head, though even gray ones are welcome. The drama in the play is so strong that it demands three forceful personalities to play it. And three of a kind, like William Powell, Myrna Loy, and Don Amici, are hard to get. It's a story of two men who've grown up from boyhood together. Opposite types, but fast friends. They take different paths and wind up on opposite sides of the law. But they fall in love with the same girl. Then suddenly, one of them holds the life of the other in his hands. And, well, the stage is set now. We open a new season the curtain rises on the first act of Manhattan melodrama, starring William Powell as Jim Wade, Myrna Loy as Eleanor, and Donna Meachie as Blackie. On June 15, 1904, the East Side Association of New York City held its third annual outing on the excursion boat, General Slocum. Parents lined the rails, Masking in the warm sunshine, children scampered along the bright deck, screaming gleefully at their release from city streets. There was laughter in the air and snatches of song. On June 15, 1904, the excursion boat General Slocum, passing through Hellgate in the East River, burned and sank with the loss of a thousand lives. That night on the waterfront, while the grim toll of death was reckoned in the flickering light of torches, two east side kids sat huddled together in the shadows.
4: Blackie, don't cry, Blackie. I ain't crying. I just saw my mom. They found her down there. She, she... I know. Mine too, and... and Pop... (laughs) Don't you try either. I ain't crying.
3: Jimmy,
4: I guess we gotta to stick together now, huh? Yeah, Blackie. Sure. Jimmy!
3: Jimmy, where?
4: There's Father Pat. Here, Father.
3: Where's Blackie Kallikar? Is he with you?
4: Here, Father Pat. Are
3: you both all right?
4: Yes, sure.
3: Father. Oh, it's a long, sad day we've had. And a sad night ahead.
4: Father Pat, the kids told me it was you that pulled me out of the river.
3: Oh, for sure. Where's your friend Jimmy here when they're after you first? Well, come along now.
4: Where are we going, Father?
3: Well, we'll spend the night in the rectory, and then we'll see.
4: I ain't going to no orphan asylum. Blackie. I ain't. You can't put me there. I'll run away. Ah,
3: uh, Blackie, son, I, I know how you're feeling tonight. And my heart's heavy for you. I won't go, I tell you. Father Pat, there's someone needs you. I'm coming. I'll be back for you boys in a minute. And wait right here.
4: Jimmy, you ain't going, are you? I don't know. Maybe we got a Blackie. Well, I won't. That stuff is all right for kids like you. You like to read books and study and learn things. Well, I got other ideas. I'm going to run away. Right now. Blackie. If you want to stick together, here's your chance. Are you coming with me? Yes or no? Okay, Blackie. Come on, then. We'll beat it down the end of the block and then we can... Where are you going? Blackie, it's a cop. Keep quiet.
3: Is that you, Blackie Gallagher? Father Pat told me to keep an eye on you kids. Come along now.
4: Take your hands off. I got a right to go where I like.
2: Oh, no, you don't. Running away, huh?
4: Let me alone. Nah, you...
2: No nonsense now. Come on, come on.
4: You dirty cop! I'll get in with you! I'll get in with all of you someday! Dirty, rotten cops!
2: Hey, Mamie, listen to this in the paper. January 16th, 1920 was the date set by Congress today for the beginning of national prohibition. The 18th Amendment, ratified by 36 states, will go into effect on midnight
4: January
2: 15th. Number three is the
3: winning number. Place your bets, please, ladies and gentlemen. Number three. Isn't there a 27 on this wheel? I guess you're just not hitting them tonight, eh, Mr. Coach? Tonight or any night. Why don't you people get an honest wheel? Would you mind not raising your voice? I've dropped enough money in Blackie Gallagher's crooked joints. I'm through. Now listen, you shut up or I'll get ram the wheel easy, right... Sweat. Hi, Mr. Coates. Hello, Mr. Gallagher. I'm glad you're through with my crooked joints because I heard enough of your beef. How much you dropped tonight? $7,500. But give Mr. Coates $7,500. What, Blackie? Give it to him. Okay, okay. Remember one thing, Coates. You wanted a gamble. You came in here. I didn't send for you. Now beat it.
4: Hey, boss.
3: Somebody's waiting to see you in the office. Okay, take over here. Right.
4: Hi,
3: honey. Kind of That's... early, aren't you? I just
5: heard something. I was going to call you, but I was scared. They're going to close you up tonight, Blackie. A raid.
3: Yeah, that's right. 12 o'clock. Ten boys from headquarters.
5: You mean you knew about it?
3: Why, sure. That'll smash up a little furniture, and then they'll go away. Just routine stuff.
5: Oh. I thought I was coming in with something hot. Who tipped you? Your friend Jimmy Wade?
3: What makes you say that?
5: He's in the DA's office, isn't he?
3: Sure, but he don't play like that. He's one guy who's on the level.
5: Hey, Blackie,
3: here's the papers on the yacht. Oh, hi, Eleanor. Hello. See you, Spud. Yeah, sure, sure. Boy, oh, boy, I'd like to get a ride tonight. Yeah, yeah, go on, get up. What's all that about? That's nothing much. I, uh, want a yacht tonight. Better
5: not even with a fellow. A little present for you. <laughs> What's the matter? You're getting better all the time, aren't you, Blackie? Some night you'll win somebody's mother in a crap game, or maybe a baby. Come
3: on, snap out of it. The man wanted to gamble, and I won, that's all.
5: Sure, that's all. That's all it means to you. Everything in life can be paid off in chips. A yacht that someone dreamed about and thought about and planned.
3: And built, and I want it on a bet. So what?
5: I think it's rotten. What is it? Everything about this place. The way you won that boat, this ridiculous raid tonight. Blackie, get out of it. Take me out of it.
3: Darling, shut up.
5: Blackie, listen. Shut up. All right.
3: We've been all over this before.
5: All I want you to do is get out before it's too late, Blackie. Get away from cheap hoodlums, rackets wrath from every rotten, vicious thing about you. Oh, now,
3: wait a minute, wait a minute. That is me. That's what you've got. That's what you fell in love with.
5: You're wrong. I fell in love with a very little boy who was playing with a great big box of matches. And I don't want my little boy to get
3: burned. <laughs> Forget it. This little boy is way too smart.
4: of the world, Jack Dempsey versus Louis Purple in this corner.
3: Empire. Keep moving, keep moving. Who's next? Jim, yeah. got a couple of tickets for Blackie Gallagher? Mr. Gallagher? Yes, sir. May a have been on yet? Just coming up. Wade, please. Jim Wade, I had a ticket reserved. Jim. Hey, Jim. Blackie. How are you? Hey, this is great. Hey, tell me, what, what are you doing up here with all these low-class people? Oh, huh? Say, I haven't seen a fight since the day you and I cleaned up on the O'Malley brothers. <laughs> say, uh, uh, how's does thing come with you? I hear uh, you're the guy that really runs things around that district attorney's office. Give me time. Yeah, and there's an election next year. they Are uh, going to run you for D.A.? Well, some of the boys have been talking about it. Yeah? Hey, look, Blackie, I've been meaning to call you you know anything about a Westside mug named Pants or Reardon? Yeah, he's bad news, right? Well, I got an indictment against him, and I can get a conviction. But the big boys are putting the pressure on me to go light on him. Let him take a plea of third degree. Don't you do it. You don't have to play ball with them grafters. I know that, too. But you see... Forget you... it. If I was you, I'd fight. Show him there's one guy left the money don't talk to. Well, you'll Look like a Gallagher. Say, I seem to remember an old saying about practicing and preaching. Now, what was that again? Ah, listen, Jim. You're the real stuff, see? Me, I'm the Flash, the boy with the ready money. But you're going places. Uh-huh. Where? Anywhere you want. Maybe to that great big house in Washington. It's all done up in white paint. And I'm betting on you, too. Oh. Uh-huh. Maybe I ought to go right home, pack my books, and wire Mr. Cooley's to move over. Yeah, you're a cinch. You're on the level. That's what pays off in the end. So don't let them political shopshooters shove you behind the eight ball. Try it, and I'll personally bust you right along. <laughs> you never saw the day you were big enough. <laughs> Which reminds me, how about watching Mr. Dempsey personally bust Mr. Firpo? Okay, let's go. Hey, hey,
4: one side, will you? You're blocking the aisle.
3: Hey, everybody's coming out. What happened?
4: The fight's over.
3: Over? Well, but... Who won? Dempsey won. How do you know? I bet on him, didn't I? And with only six election districts still uncounted, it looks... Just a minute. Here's another bulletin. At midnight tonight, Albert Parker, candidate for district attorney, conceded defeat to James Wade. That makes well, son. Well, Father Pat. It looks like your night, Jimmy boy. Now, if you'd like to yell or throw your head up in the air or something, <laughs> I wouldn't breathe it to a soul. Oh, I'm too weak in the
4: knees. <laughs> Here he is, boys. The new D.A. I am honored.
3: Congratulations, old boy. Oh, thanks, thanks, fellas. I want to tell you I'm grateful to all of you for your help. Well, that's all okay, right, Jim. Boy. Hey, boys, I want you to meet an old friend of mine, Father Pat. He mm. saved souls, that can sing sing. He saved mine a good many years ago. He pulled my body and my soul out of the East River. The <laughs> well, now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going home and catch up on some sleep. <laughs> good night, boys. Good night, Jim. Good night, Jim.
4: Sleep well. I'll good see you in the morning, go,
3: Can I give you a lift, Father? i got my car right here. Uh, Jim, can't you stay a little while longer and see Blackie? He? he was going to meet us here at 12. Uh-huh. Oh. no! I know Blackie. He's half an hour late now, and he's liable not to show up for weeks. We'll make it some other time, huh, Father? Oh, all right. Good night, Jimmy, and good luck. Good luck, Father. Good night.
5: <coughs> Hello. Well,
3: who are you? What, you in the wrong car?
5: Now, don't be unpleasant. I couldn't wait out there on the sidewalk. Look at that mob.
3: Yeah. Come on, what's the name of the game? I'd like to play, too
5: simple little frame-up. I force my way into your car, muss up my clothes and scream. You have your career to protect, so you pay. Well,
3: yeah, that's a very nice game. This is your corner, lady. You get out, please. But wait! Outside! Wait, I'm Eleanor! Yeah, my favorite name, outside.
5: You don't understand. Blackie sent
3: me. Blackie? Hey, come back here. What about Blackie? Where is he?
5: Phew! Nothing like a district attorney to keep a girl in shape. We must have a good wrestle someday.
3: <laughs> what about Blackie?
5: Well, I'm Eleanor, and Blackie sent me to meet you, Jim. And to tell you he's sorry, but would you take me, Eleanor, to the Cotton Club and wait there? And he, Blackie, would try to meet us, Eleanor and Jim, later.
3: Did he say what night he'd meet us?
5: You, too. You've waited for Blackie before.
3: I've waited for that, gypsy since he was six years old. Where is he?
5: He went to collect an election bet from Manny Arnold. Blackie had ten grand on your nose, Mr. Wade. No. Say, hey, let me get a good look at you, will you? Uh-huh. What is it? I finally met Blackie's little white guard. <gasps> oh,
3: Well, as soon as we get out of the car, I'll flap my wings for you.
5: (laughs) You know, I've had a question on my mind ever since Blackie first mentioned you. Shoot. Why? Why what? Why be a freak? Why don't you give in the way the others do? Why haven't you, as Blackie says, dipped into the gravy?
3: Well, now, that's a long, long story.
5: Start now. We're going to have a long, long wait for Blackie.
3: Well, let's see. I was born uh, at home because I uh, wanted to be near Mother. Maybe ideals have ceased to exist. Maybe they're outmoded, like horse cars and oil lamps. But they're mine, and I'm stuck with them.
5: You'll do all right.
3: I hope. Well, so ends the reading of this week's success story.
5: Don't kid about it. It's real. Talk some
3: more. <laughs> I'm all talked out. I got to go home and let you get some sleep.
5: Oh, not yet. How about a nice, thick oyster stew?
3: At 5 o'clock in the morning, are you out of your mind?
5: Personally, I'm on your side. But Blackie and anywhere from one to twenty hoodlums will be here any hour screaming for. Uh, him.
3: Not me. I waited all oh, I'm going to wait for Mr. Gallagher tonight. And a very pleasant wait it was, too.
5: I had a swell time. Thanks. Good night. Good night. What? No kiss? Huh? <laughs> that proves one important thing to me. I've been asleep all night, and you're just something I dreamed.
3: Do you have these nightmares often?
5: At any rate, when Blackie talks of you now, I'll know what he means. Good night. Good night.
4: Oh, hi,
5: Lily. Well, good morning, Mr. Gallagher.
3: Dropped by to say good night to you. Must have gone to sleep inside. Jim here? He just left. Oh. Uh, that's his coat, isn't it?
5: Where? Well, I guess he forgot it.
3: Oh. Nice little gentleman. Huh? Maybe I'll wear it for a while till I meet him again.
5: Like you met us tonight at the cotton club.
3: Oh, I'm uh, uh, sorry about that, honey. I, uh, couldn't get away. I've got to meet you, but, uh...
2: Business, I... Blackie?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. What do you think of that Manny Arnold guy? He welts in that bet. Ten grand, I'm supposed to trust him. I trusted him. Gave him until New Year's Eve to pay up or else.
5: Manny Arnold's no person to fool around with. I'm not fooling. Did you threaten him?
3: No, no, I I just told him. New Year's Eve or else. That's why I couldn't make it, honey. Am I forgiven?
5: Of course. I had a marvelous time. Oh,
3: sure, I knew you would. Do you good to get out with a guy like Jim down there?
5: Do me good? He spoiled me. He opened doors for me, helped me in and out of the car. Imagine. He was like that all night. Stayed right with me. No table hopping. And he didn't make dice out of the sugar cubes. Why, he wouldn't even kiss me goodnight. Yeah?
4: Sounds he... kind of dull.
5: Blackie, have you ever figured any further ahead than 15 minutes? Have you ever imagined where we might wind up?
3: Look, honey, it's 5 o'clock in the morning. i got to beat
5: it. It's now or never, Blackie. It has to be now before I let you drive tonight out of my mind.
3: Tonight? Thanks. <laughs> Jim must have had a terrific effect on you.
5: I saw so much I had not got and want. Security. Consideration. A shelter, Blackie. Some place to get in out of the rain.
3: What are you talking about? There's nothing you want that I can't give you. Blackie... Shut up and listen. You got a big load of Jim tonight. Outside of these crazy notions, it was probably good for you. But get this. Jim's as much out of your class as he is out of mine. I used to get ideas listening to Jim, too. Ideas about... Oh, about being something. But I forgot them because they're not my stuff. You better forget yours, too. Good night.
5: Goodbye, Blackie.
3: What is this? Now, listen, don't get silly about a lot I'm of...
5: not. I was once, but I'm all right now. Up to a minute ago, Blackie, I loved you very dearly, and all that mattered to me was you. But right this minute, I can't even remember having been in love with
3: you. Darling, shut up, will you?
5: And that won't work ever again, either. You see, Blackie, at last I have some ideas of my own. Maybe they're old and discarded like, like horse cars or oil lamps, but they're mine, and I'm stuck with them. It's the very latest thing to be oh so cynical and callous about the decent things of life. Well, maybe I don't like the latest style. Maybe I want to wear last year's hat. Maybe... Oh, goodbye, Bud.
4: no, it will be exactly 12 o'clock. Happy New Year! Hello. Hello, Mr. Wade. Happy
3: New Year. Same to you. Are you flagging? No. Anybody important? No, are you? No well, one I can't break away from.
4: That's the way I
3: feel, Mr. Wayne. Oh, right, let's go. Happy New Year.
2: hamburgers, one with onions, one without, and two beers, right?
3: Uh Right.
5: You know, this is a wonderful place to spend New Year's Eve.
3: Oh, I knew you'd like it. I reserved this table at the window months ago. Very popular, this table, because of its tradition. The Grand Duchess always sat here.
5: Right here? What do you know? Say, this is the most attractive hamburger I've ever seen.
3: Everything seems to please you tonight.
5: Yes. It's the happiest New Year's Eve I've ever had.
3: Eleanor, uh... What you told me before about you and Blackie here, uh, you sure there's nothing there anymore?
5: It's all gone, Jim. It's dead, buried, and forgotten. Blackie's nothing but a swell guy I once knew.
3: Well, then, uh...
5: Well, then, uh, what? Uh, Happy New Year, Eleanor. Happy New Year, Jim. Paper?
4: You want a morning paper, Ed? Yeah, leave it on the counter. Anything new? Yeah, they got that Manny Arnold guy. Manny
3: Arnold, the gambler? That's the one. Bumped him off in the hotel room. Well,
5: see you tomorrow. Yeah. Manny Arnold. What's the matter? You know
3: him? No. No, I... Jim, take him home. Okay, boys, you getting out here? Yeah. Put the car away, one Okay. Wait a minute. Where's your overcoat? Huh? Your overcoat. Won't you wear a coat tonight? Well, yeah, Sure. Cheap Blackie, I must have left it up there in the room. Manny Arnold's room? Yeah, gee, boss. Boy, you're dumb. Can they identify it as yours? I only wish they could. Boss, it's Jim Wade's coat, the one he left at Eleanor's. Jim's coat? Yeah. I told you we turned that coat months ago. Yeah, boss, but I know Why I... didn't you just leave my name and address? I'm in a sweet spot now. Sorry, boss, I was only... I was only waiting it until mine was ready. The what was ready? My coat, I had it copied exactly by a tailor. It'll be ready tomorrow morning. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You had Jim Wade's coat copied exactly by a tailor? Yeah, why? Go get it first thing tomorrow. Keep it in the car. Palsy, I think everything is going to be all right. And here's the coat they found, Chief. Just like the cop said. Uh, let me see that coat. Here. Not a mark on it. Doesn't give us a thing. How about the hotel people? do they know who went up to the room? I've had the clerk go through half the pictures in the gallery. He can't pick anybody. But he doesn't want to. Same with the bellboy. Yes, Mr. Wade. Is Blackie Gallagher outside? Yes, sir. Send him in, please. You think he knows something? I'm going to find out. Old friend of yours, isn't he? Yes, why? I just ask. Uh, I'd like to see him alone, so. Sure. Why not? Mr. Gallagher,
5: Mr. Wade.
3: Come in, Blackie. Hi, Jim. Hi, fellow. Well, it's been a long time, as usual. Yep. Now you're one of the head men of this town. Pretty soon, you'll be head man of the state, and then... Get get... that, Blackie. I didn't get you down here to listen to how good I am. Well, what's in your mind? Well, for one thing, I want to tell you about Eleanor. Yeah? What about her? We're thinking of getting married. Married? Yeah, you know, man and wife's an old custom. Any reason why we shouldn't? No, no, I uh, can't think of a thing. It uh, just surprised me, that's all. Anyway, she couldn't do better. She's a great girl. I hope you both quick. Thanks, Blackie. I knew you'd say that. Yeah, sure. What else would I say? Well, i got to beat it now. Keep out of my head. Uh, but... will you, uh, wait just a minute, Blackie. Uh, thanks for returning my overcoat. Huh. But a little roundabout, wasn't it? Police found it in room 12B at the Uptown Hotel. That's where Manny Arnold was killed. Your coat? The police found your coat? You never could kid me, Blackie. That's the coat I left at Eleanor's last election night. And that's the coat the murderer left behind him after killing Manny Arnold. I wouldn't kid you, mister. Maybe the murderer left that coat, but that is not your coat. Blackie. Mind if I use your phone? Hello, it's Blackie Gallagher, Mr. Wade's office. Will you send a boy down to my car? It's out front. Time to pick up a coat in the back seat and bring it up here, will you? What's the gag? Where's well, no gag. Your coat will be here in two minutes. I've been wearing it, that's all. Oh. Blackie, let's look at the facts. Manny Arnold owed you a lot of money. You quarreled with him election night when he wouldn't pay up. You threatened him. Oh, sure, sure I did. It was the only way anybody ever got any dough out of that chiseler. And I got mine, so why should I want to kill him? I don't know. Unless you didn't get yours. Blackie, I'm not interested in anything but the fact that Manning Arnold was murdered, and I've got to find the murderer. Yeah, I know that. You see, we're in a tough spot now, Blackie. My job means fighting you and your kind. And I'm going to win. I never saw the day when I was big enough to lick you. <laughs> you have less chance than ever now. i got too many guys in my gang. Yeah. Is this the coach you
5: wanted? The boy just brought it up.
3: Thanks, sister. Well, there you are. There's the coach you've been yelling about. I was thinking of keeping him. Did you squawk? I oh, can't you even say thanks. You sure this is mine? What's the matter? Did you know your own coach? Try it on. See if it fits. Okay. Sorry I bothered you. Forget it. Well, see you around. See around. And, uh, Blackie, uh, uh, no more meetings up here. Let's keep everything social. Yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> I see, get it. <laughs> from now on, a lot of guys in this town are going to get away with less and less. And it's going to be my fault. Oh, we had one or two crooked inspectors that you've got to. They're gone now. No more paid cops. No more quashed indictments. Hand-picked juries. All gone. I'm going to clean out every rotten spot I can find in this city. I'm Blackie, I don't want to run across you.
2: <laughs> in just a moment, Mr. DeMille and our stars, William Powell, Myrna Loy, and Donna
3: Michi will bring you Act Two of Manhattan Melodrama. Now, we want to announce a very special offer we're making to the ladies in our audience. We're going to say it with music, if Mr. Silvers and his orchestra will help us. You know, there are thousands of lovely women in our audience tonight who are depending for expert beauty aid on the mild white soap screen stars use.
2: Yes, Lux Toilet Soap, the soap that has active lather.
3: Yes, active lather that cares for lovely complexions so gently and so thoroughly. Now, the makers of this fine complexion soap are offering its friends a beautiful jewelry piece that's sure to delight any feminine heart. Mr. Silvers, have
2: you any music to help us tell about this jewelry piece? Oh, yes, thanks. That does it very nicely.
3: Probably all of you ladies who saw Gone with the Wind noticed the cameo brooch that Scarlett O'Hara wore. Well, our jewelry piece is designed after this brooch, a lovely simulated cameo. I have it here in my hand, and I wish you could all see the beauty of its design. I'll do my best to describe it for you. There's an exquisite white head in classic profile against a gleaming ebony background. The setting is gold-finished and has a delicate Grecian border design. The brooch has a safety clasp fastener, and in fact, every detail of this handsome Scarlet O'Hara brooch gives it the appearance of a fine jeweler's piece. It's expensive-looking, it's smart. In this brooch, the masterly craftsmanship of today has captured for you... the charm of an earlier century, so magically brought to life and Gone with the Wind. You'll be proud to wear it, and you'll probably find it looks smart with any dress in your wardrobe. And now please listen carefully to the directions. They'll tell you how you can get your Scarlett O'Hara brooch without delay. Go to your dealer's and buy three cakes of Lux Toilet Soap. Ask him for a handy order blank, or just write your name and address on a piece of paper... And send it with the three Lux Toilet Soap wrappers and 15 cents in coin, no stamps, please, to Lux Toilet Soap, Box One, New York City. I'll repeat that. Send your name and address
2: with three Lux Toilet Soap wrappers and 15 cents in coin to Lux Toilet Soap, Box One, New York City. Your Scarlet O'Hara brooch will be mailed to you promptly. And here's
3: more good news with your brooch, you'll receive an illustrated order blank for additional matching pieces ring, bracelet, pendant necklace, and earrings all beautifully designed, all at amazing bargains. The makers of Lux Toilet Soap offer this lovely brooch because they know it's the kind every woman longs to own. And they know, too, that those who have never before
2: tried Luxe Toilet Soap will discover for themselves why this gentle, thorough beauty soap is the complexion soap nine out of ten lovely screen stars use. Remember, buy three cakes of Lux Toilet Soap... tomorrow... Send for your Scarlett O'Hara brooch without delay. This offer is good only in the United States. Now, our producer, Mr. DeMille. Act two of Manhattan Melodrama, starring William Powell as Jim Wade, Myrna Loy as Eleanor, and Donna Michi as Blackie. <laughs> Far and wide goes the search for the man who murdered the gambler, Manny Arnold. But months later, the crime is still listed on police records as unsolved. The newspapers have dropped the story, and other headlines have taken its place. Among them, District Attorney Wed today. Hello? No, I'm sorry,
5: Mr. Wade hasn't come back to the office yet. Oh, I wish he would come. He's got to get dressed
3: yet. He's delivering his summing up to the jury. He wouldn't cut a word out of it if his mother were dying.
5: I suppose you mean that to be nasty, Mr. Snow. Well, I admire him for it. It's pretty rare to find anybody in this office who really works in Oh, job. he
3: works all right. He had to work in the Manny Arnold case to keep from making a very embarrassing arrest.
5: That's not true. I'm tired of listening to your insinuations about Mr. Wade.
3: Oh, good morning, Miss Adams. Did you uh, unpack my bag? Did yes. you get the tickets for the boat? Yes, sir. Good. Is uh, Blackie Gallagher here yet, Snow? Gallagher? Yes, he's going to the church with me. See if you can get him on the phone, will you? Okay.
5: Mr. Wade... You're not really going to have Blackie Gallagher there, are you?
3: He's going to be my best man. Why?
5: Have you thought of what the papers will say? Especially now on top of the Manny Arnold case.
3: What about the Manny Arnold case?
5: Some people know you had Blackie Gallagher down here. They think he killed Manny Arnold.
3: But you let him go just out of friendship. What people think has never mattered to me. I do what I think is right. And I'm convinced that Blackie had nothing to do with it. Well, Snow? I tried Gallagher. He's not in. Some fellow there said he was out of town. Out of town? He'll be back next week. Anything else? No. Well, no, that's all. Porter,
4: grab that bag, will you?
5: Hurry, Jim.
3: Right with you. Oh, you won't miss the boat. Don't worry.
5: It was sweet of you to come down and marry us, Father Pat.
3: Oh, why shouldn't I? I fished your Mr. Wade out of the East River once. <laughs> I've got some rights.
5: And are you sure you haven't just tossed him back in again? Father Pat, yes? about Blackie. You know I used to love Blackie. Yes. There's only Jim in my life now, and from now on. You believe that, don't you?
3: Completely. What did you want to tell me about Blackie?
5: He loves you, Father. I've heard him say it. And of all of us, he needs you most. Help him before it's too late. Remember, you fished Blackie out of the river, too.
3: All set. Well, goodbye, Father. Goodbye, Jimmy. I'm sorry, Blackie wasn't here.
4: Telegram for James
5: ways Telegram... Here you are,
3: boy. Oh, yes,
5: sir. Darling, go tell me it's the case.
3: From Blackie. Sorry to run out on you. I'd have been proud to be your best man, but I'm afraid nobody would understand but us. See you in the governor's mansion. <laughs> blackie. Crazy Blackie.
4: And I say again, it's a privilege and honor in this convention to such a purpose, I hereby second the nomination of the next governor of our state. Give me away!
5: Darling, it's marvelous. Imagine me, the governor's wife.
3: Oh, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've only been nominated.
5: I can't be bothered with details. Oh, darling.
3: Mind if I come in? Oh. Hello, Snow. How did you get up here? They haven't heard downstairs yet that you turned sour on your own assistant. But uh, let me congratulate you, Governor. That can wait until November. But you're a cinch. You haven't gotten me to weaken the ticket. I thought you were going to make them run me for district attorney. Put up a fight for me. Darling, do you mind waiting outside? Jim. Please. All right. Snow, I'm sorry to say I did put up a fight for you. And I learned a couple of things that I never knew before. All the years we've worked together, i disregarded the gossip about you. But last night, from our own people, I got the proof. You're nothing but a cheap, chiseling grafter. The party won't stand for you, and neither will I. Have you finished your address to the jury? Because if you have, I'd like to make a few points. It's a shame you're quitting the DA's office with the Manny Arnold case unsolved. I'm not happy about it. We just couldn't find the murderer. You didn't even try to find him. You could have. By asking in any speakeasy in New York City. Everybody knows who killed Manny Arnold. Your friend, Blackie Gallagher. We had no case against Blackie. We made every possible effort to trace that coat. You made a lot of weak, futile gestures, if that's what you mean. Why didn't you get an indictment against Gallagher? A lot of people want to know that. I'm not going to discuss it with you. For reasons of my own, I was satisfied that Blackie had nothing to do with it. Now get out. Sure, I'll get out. But I'm going out to open this case so wide that the voters will run you out of the state. You better get a new story. I don't think they like the one you've got. Maybe they'd rather believe the story that I tell. That you wouldn't hold Blackie Gallagher because you wouldn't prosecute your wife's ex-boyfriend? Tell him that story.
5: Blackie, I'm glad you could come. Sit down.
3: I got your message. That was all I needed. What's in your mind?
5: It's about Jim and you and me. Someone's trying to hurt Jim by opening the Manny Arnold case again.
3: Manny Arnold? What for? Who?
5: Tell me, Blackie. Was there anything wrong in the Arnold case?
3: Not a thing. He had to let me go. He didn't have anything on me. But uh, a lot of mudslinging never helped anybody.
5: There's plenty of that. They're saying Jim had to let you go because of... Well, because of you and me. It seems that with me as his wife, he has no right to be governor.
3: Oh, yeah? Well, that's great. Uh, who, uh, who are these guys?
5: It's just this one man, Snow. He has a grudge against Jim. He's waiting until just before election to spring everything.
3: Mm-hmm. Nice guy, this snow. Uh, what, uh, well, what's he look like? Uh, the name sounds kind of familiar.
5: He was Jim's assistant when you were up for the Manny Arnold murder. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah, I remember him now, sure. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll look him up and, uh, talk to him a little.
5: lucky you'll be careful.
3: Why, ain't I always careful? Forget about it. How are you? Happy?
5: Very and you?
3: Never better. Feeling great.
5: I'm glad.
3: Well, give my regards to Big Shot, will you? Uh, and, uh, I wouldn't say anything to him, uh, about what you just told me. This has got to be just between us. See?
5: All right, Black. That's a good girl. Well, what
3: have you done so far? Hello? Hello? Hello, I'm still on here, Harrigan. Did you check with headquarters again? We'll do it now. Let me know what happens.
5: Good morning, Jim. Coffee?
3: Oh, hello, darling. Yes, thanks.
5: You look tired, darling. Didn't you sleep well?
3: I haven't slept yet. I've been at the office until now. Plenty to do. Snow was murdered last night on Forty Eighth Street.
5: Snow murdered. Well, what's the matter? But, but he can't be. It mustn't be.
3: Well, darling. After all, the man was asking for it. He had hundreds of enemies. There's no need for you to be upset.
5: Oh, I'm, I'm not. It's, it's just relief, I guess.
3: That's for me. Hello? Yes, Wade speaking. What? When? All right, I, I'll be right down. They've, uh, They made an arrest in the snow murder. Who? Blackie. (laughs) After a brief intermission, Mr. DeMille and our stars William Powell, Myrna Loy, and Don Amici will bring you Act Three of Manhattan Melodrama. And while we're waiting, let's listen in during an exciting moment in the house of Betty and Gladys Martin.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Why, Gladys, stop pushing me out of the way. Why are you in such a hurry to get the mail? You had Joe's weekly letter yesterday?
5: Yes, but I'm expecting something very special in the mail today. And yes, here it is. What on earth? I'll bet it's jewelry. It is. It is. Will you see? There. Why, Gladys, it's beautiful. It's positively the most beautiful brooch I've ever seen. Of course it is. It's a Scarlett O'Hara brooch, designed after one worn by Vivian Lee herself and gone with the wind. Oh, Gladys, you're so lucky. Golly, Joe must think a lot of you to send you such a lovely present. (laughs) I'll tell you a secret, Betty. It's not from Joe. This Scarlett O'Hara brooch is a present from me to me. Well, you're still lucky to have it. I wish I could afford to buy me presents like that. But you can, darling. You can have a Scarlet O'Hara brooch, too, if you want it. And it'll only cost you 15 cents and wrappers from three cakes of Lux Toilet Soap.
4: Do I want it? Oh, Gladys, honey, tell me quick how did that
3: work? Of course Betty wants one of these exquisite Scarlet O'Hara brooches for herself. And so will every woman who sees this lovely pin, which seems to have captured the charm of the Old South, so beautifully portrayed in the great production Gone with the Wind. The classic pure white head on its ebony black background is tremendously effective. It is smartness, good taste, simplicity combined. The brooch has a lovely Grecian border design in a rich, dull, gold-finished setting. And there's a secure safety clasp so that you'll be able to keep your brooch and enjoy wearing it for years to come. And now, here's the way to get your Scarlet O'Hara brooch. Go to your dealer and buy three cakes of gentle white luxe toilet soap. Ask him for a handy order blank. Or just write your name and address on a piece of paper and send it... Together with the three Lux Toilet Soap
2: wrappers and 15 cents in coins. No stamps, please. To Lux Toilet Soap, Box One, New York City. I'll repeat that. Mail three Lux Toilet Soap
3: wrappers and 15 cents in coin, together with your name and address, to Lux Toilet Soap, Box One, New York City. Only don't delay. The supply is limited, and we want you to be sure to have your Scarlet O'Hara brooch. And with your brooch, you'll receive an illustrated order blank for matching pieces. Ring, bracelet, pendant necklace, and earrings. Each piece at an amazing bargain price. This offer is good only in the United States. We pause now for station identification. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.
2: And rises on the third act of Manhattan melodrama. A man has been murdered, and once again the voice of the people cries out for vengeance—the age-old demand: an eye for an eye, a life for a life. In his cell, Blackie Gallagher awaits judgment. Late one night, a visitor comes to him—a dark shadow in the dimness of the corridor.
3: You know you're crazy coming here like this, don't you? Suppose somebody spotted you. DA's wife and secret visit to Slayer. That'd look fine, wouldn't it?
5: No one will talk. I pulled some strings. Blackie, I've got to know. Did you do it? Did you kill him?
3: What's the matter? Don't you read the papers? Gallagher enters a plea of not guilty.
5: You said you'd find a way to stop Snow. Blackie, tell me.
3: Look, you've, uh... You've known me a long time. You ever know me to bump a guy off?
5: No, but... Well, then. This is different.
3: Don't be silly. You don't have to kill rats like snow. Somebody beat you to it. Tell me something.
5: What? Do you love Jim? More than anything in the whole world.
3: And if you love Jim so much and want to see him governor, keep quiet. Right now, they've no motive, no reason why snow was knocked off. Just let it stand that way, hmm? What about you? Just forget about me. They haven't got a thing. If you keep your mouth shut.
5: You know, Blackie, for a while I was almost ashamed that I ever loved you. I'm not now. I'm proud.
3: Well, that's fine. I uh, I think you're kind of okay too. <laughs> with a summing up, Mr. Wade. Gentlemen, there's very little more that I can say to you. There can be no doubt in the minds of 12 reasoning men that Blackie Gallagher killed Snow. The defense has pointed out Snow's shady character has indicated his large number of personal enemies. I concur in their opinion. But Richard Snow was a man killed by another man. The law makes no distinctions. Murder cannot go unpunished. In finding Blackie Gallagher guilty of murder, we're faced with more than the avenging of one death. Either we can surrender to an epidemic of crime and violence which will destroy our homes and community, or we can serve warning to the host of other criminals and gangsters that they are through. Gentlemen, many years ago, in 1904, when the General Slocum burned, I made an effort to save Blackie Gallagher's life. Today, I demand from you his death.
4: Oh, yes. well, Sorry, Blackie. Forget it.
3: That was nice stuff, Mister. Throughout the state today, three and a half million voters are crowding the polls to cast their ballots for governor. From the headquarters of James Wade comes a note of confidence expressed in the statement: "The last minute. Mr. Wade, the Mr. Attorney's on the phone. right away. Thanks. Hello? Hello, Governor,
2: you're practically in. What's that?
3: You're practically up in Albany right now." The jury just came in the Blackie Gallagher case. Guilty. First degree. Say if that don't make you governor. All right, all right. Thanks. What's the matter, Chief? Bad news? Yes. Gallagher's been convicted. First degree. Why, Jim, that means you're over. You can't lose. Why, they'll give you a million plurality when they know you convicted your own pal. Why, they they Why. I'm sorry, Jim. judgment of the court is that you, Edward J. Gallagher, for the murder in the first degree of one Richard Snow, whereof you are convicted, be sentenced to the punishment of death on the 15th day of February next. This appeal on behalf of my client, Blocky Gallagher, is made to you not only as governor of the state but to you as Gallagher's lifelong friend. Since the Court of Appeals has upheld the verdict of the jury, his life rests in your hands alone. We ask, Your Excellency, to be merciful. Nobody can be more conscious than I am of my present position here. It's troubled me more deeply than than it could anyone else. The defendant has been tried according to the laws of this state. He's been found guilty and sentenced to death. You've presented no new evidence, no cause to change the verdict of the court, except my friendship for the condemned. The application for commutation of the death sentence of Edward J. Gallagher is herewith denied. He can't do a thing like that. Jim. I had to deny his commutation. There was no new evidence. Nothing.
5: You... You denied it.
3: There was nothing else I could do. He's guilty. Jury says so. The Court of Appeals says so. I can't ignore...
5: Jim, please. Stop talking like the governor. Talk to me as my husband. As the man I love about another man we both love. Jim, are you going to kill Blackie? He'll die tonight if you don't stop it. In another hour, he'll be dead.
3: He's guilty of murder.
5: He's still Blackie.
3: Eleanor, of all people, you've got to understand. Blackie and you and I don't enter into this. I can't commute his sentence for sentimental reasons.
5: I know. You need evidence. Suppose I told you why he killed Snow. Suppose I told you that he did it for you. Would that mean anything to you?
3: I don't know what you're talking about.
5: I told him Snow had threatened you. I asked him to help us. What a sentimental fool Blackie was. He knew there was a law about murder, but he forgot it, thinking of you.
3: Eleanor, do you realize what this means?
5: It means that if it weren't for Blackie Gallagher, you wouldn't be governor today.
3: It means that the state finally has a motive for the killing of Snow. There isn't a chance now.
5: Jim, look at me. I'm trying hard to believe you when you talk that way. I'm trying to convince myself that anyone could be so hard and cold.
3: I tried to stop Blackie. I warned him at the time of the Manny Arnold case. You've got to realize that my sworn duty... You've got a
5: sworn duty to me, too. We've got to live together happily. We can't ever again if you go through with this. We couldn't be happy. The memory of Blackie wouldn't let us.
3: Eleanor, we've got to forget about us. As Blackie's friend, I'd gladly go to the chair in his place. As Governor... I can't stop it.
5: All right. But don't expect me to believe you, because you don't believe yourself. Could you put yourself in Blackie's place? Could you apply your fine and honorable rules to yourself? Punish yourself as calmly and completely as you do, Blackie? I don't think you could, Jim. I know you couldn't.
3: I've got to do what I think is right.
5: When I married you, Jim, I thought you were everything I had ever wanted in a man. You still are, except for one thing you're not human. You haven't the things inside of you that other people have. If they cut you open, they'd find laws and duties and speeches. I married a man, Jim, not a legal machine. I'm sorry I disappointed you. So am I. Goodbye.
3: Hello. Uh, Get me a car right away. And a motorcycle escort. I've got to make time. Take it easy. you got a visitor. Hello, Blackie. Hello, Jim. So I'm going to have the governor to see me off, huh? Am I going to get the keys to the city? Blackie, I had to see you. You know why? Now your pockets aren't bulging with reprieves. I know that much. I came because I wanted you to understand why I I couldn't do anything for you. That's Okay. Blackie, I've had letters, hundreds of letters, from people who have suffered at the hands of racketeers. They've... Save it, save it. I heard you at the trial. Blackie, somehow I can't realize you and this place. It might be worse. Fresh towels, running water... Even a mattress. They say two-gun Crowley went to sleep on that mattress. Had to wake him up to go to the chair. Must be that black coffee I drank. Anyway, I'm not sleeping. When you grin like that, it reminds me of a kid on the east side. Cut it out, will you? I should have stopped you. Years ago, I could have done it. But I was too busy getting to be a big shot. Too busy getting to be Governor. I could send you to the chair. Take it easy, take it easy. You did everything anybody could do for me. I'm just a no-good guy, it's all. It's almost time, Blackie. Yeah, yeah. Fun and fun. Jim. Oh, I'm glad you came. Yeah. We're almost back today when you pull us out of the river. Now, you see, you just wasted your time. Here, you gotta go and give me back again. We all have to be given back again sooner or later, Blackie. Sure, that's right. So what am I beefing about, huh? Eh? Uh, sit down, sit down, Father. You know, it's kind of like old times. Remember how we were always going to have a reunion, just us three? Well, here it is. Funny kind of reunion, but... Anyway, this is one time it wasn't late, huh? We're ready now. Yeah. Me too. No. No, I can't do it to you, Blackie. I'll commute you. Cut it out. You've made your decision, now stick to it. You're right. You get that. You're right. I deserve to die. I killed Snow. It was me that got Manny Arnold too. No, I'm not going to let you die. I can't. You think you'd be doing me a favor, shut me up in this filthy trap for the rest of my life? You're going to make a great sacrifice, ruin your career for what? So as I can rot in this hole? No, thanks. I don't want it. Jim, if I can't live the way I want, at least let me die when I want. Come on, let's get going. Quiet, please. Quiet, please. His Excellency the Governor. Gentlemen of the Assembly and the Senate. A joint session of your two bodies, called by the governor of the state, is a very unusual procedure. It is justified only by unusual circumstances. A few nights ago, as you all know, Edward J. Gallagher, the convicted murderer, was put to death in the electric chair at Sing Sing. It was my duty as governor of this state to refuse up to the last moment to grant him a pardon, commutation, or even a reprieve. Today, I have another duty. Before Blackie Gallagher died, I learned that he committed the murder in the unfortunate belief that he was helping me by silencing Scandalous campaign gossip. That belief was given him unwittingly by my own wife. It was not her fault. The fault lies in my own ambition, which had impressed upon her so strongly the importance of my election. Then, acting in deliberate violation of the trust placed in me by the people of this state, I offered Gallagher commutation shortly before his death. He refused. In view of these shadows cast upon the highest office of the state, I can do no less than tender herewith my resignation as governor. Why are you here?
5: I was waiting for you. I've come to apologize, Jim. I told you once I didn't believe you were honest with yourself. I didn't think you could apply your own rules of conduct. You just proved to me how wrong
4: I was. And so?
5: And so, I wanted you to know.
3: Governor! Governor! you've got to come back! They've refused your resignation. They'll tear the capital down if You don't come back! This is going to be a shot. Ask them to wait. I'll be right there. Okay. Eleanor, will you?
5: I'll be waiting too, right here. Go on, darling. They want you.
2: day is ended. We congratulate William Powell, Myrna Loy, and Don Amici on three superb performances. Thank you, Cecil. Truly
3: really an honor to have a part in opening the Lux Radio Theater for its seventh season. Many happy returns of the day.
5: And good luck for the season, Mr. DeMille, although you probably don't need it.
3: Well, it can't do any harm. And incidentally, CB, I'd like to be around to see you blow out the cake with the seven candles.
2: Hmm. Step into my dressing room, Don, later. After my last birthday cake, seven candles is child's play. <laughs> How
3: many candles do you have on that last birthday cake, C.V.?
2: How's your golf, Don? What picture are you working in now? <laughs> Thank you, Myrna. Yes, Don, what did you say you were working in? Well, I
3: didn't say, but I guess it'll change the subject all right. It's down Argentine way over 20th Century Fox Way.
2: Of course, we'll all be disappointed if we discover that Bill and Myrna are not working together right now in something at MGM.
3: <laughs> well, not right now, Cecil, although we've just finished I Love You Again. What are you going to do here next week?
5: One thing before that, Bill. It's about the product that makes this theater possible. Lux soap. I just wanted to say that I think lux is really a grand soap and that I've used it myself for a long time. I don't think it can be beaten as a complexion care. And now, what about next week's play?
2: Next Monday night, Manner. we're going to present Love is News. And when I tell you the cast, you'll know why it's news. Our stars will be Bob Hope, Madeline Carroll, and Ralph Bellamy. Bob Hope is a newspaper reporter, and Madeline is a young lady with both beauty and money who hates reporters. It's a situation made to order for Bob and Madeline, and the whole play is made to order for your entertainment next Monday night.
3: Well, with lover's news, you ought to make the headlines, C.V. Good night. Good night. Good
2: night. Good night. And thanks to you, a perfect opening night. Our sponsors, the makers of Lux Toilet Soap, join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday night when the Lux Radio Theater presents Bob Hope, Madeline Carroll, and Ralph Bellamy in Love is News. This is Cecil B. DeMille saying good night to you from Hollywood. This year, the week of September 22nd, the American Legion will hold its annual convention in Boston. The American Legion
3: has chosen the city where the principles of democracy were first formulated. And the Legionnaires are a strong force in maintaining those principles today. We salute them. Heard in tonight's play were Tony Hughes as Father Pat, Lou Merrill as Malone, Gane Whitman as Snow, Edward Marr as Spud, Earl Ross as Judge, Jim Bannon as Attorney, Ruth Rickaby as Miss Adams, Tommy Lane as Young Jim, Bobby Winkler as Young Blackie, Bud McAllister as the Newsboy, Byron Shores as Announcer, Tristram Coffin as Ticket Seller, and Wally Mayer, Franklin Parker, and Joseph Pope. William Powell and Myrna Loy were heard tonight through the courtesy of Metro Golden Mayer. Don Amici appears through the courtesy of the Old Gold program. The Scarlet O'Hara brooch, offered you by the makers of Lux Toilet Soap, is designed after one worn by Vivian Lee in Gone with the Wind, the Selznick International picture produced by David O. Selznick
2: and released by Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. Our music is directed by Louis Silvers, and your announcer has been Melville Ruick. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.